Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a festive twinkle of creative joy. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we look forward to a big sing. Celebrate the launch of a new book of poetry by local poet Annie Kizik. And Christmas is coming. Russian Silver Band are gearing up for their busy, festive programme. As always, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to, yes, I know, put in the spotlight. Be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, ceramics, you name it. Email me spotlight at manxradio.com or howardcane at manxradio.com. Don't forget that E on the cane. So we all enjoy a sing from time to time, don't we? even if it's in the bath. But what about a really big sing? And when I say really big, I mean performing Carl Jenkins, The Armed Man, a masterpiece, from scratch, after just one day's rehearsal. Sounds daunting? Well, that's what's happening. Under expert guidance, of course, it's open to all. To find out more, I had a quick chat with the musical director of the Isle of Man Choral Society, Mandy Griffin. Well, we did one two years ago, I think it was two years ago now, and we did Handel's Messiah, and it's basically open to any singer on the Isle of Man to come along, to do something in a day, and put on an informal performance of it in the evening. So uh, the really big bit comes from the fact it's open to anyone to come along. I think when we did Messiah a few years ago, we had about 90 people coming along. It'd be great if we could have similar this time. Yeah, so it's a bit like sort of Messiah from scratch sort of thing. Yeah. You go along and, yeah. Yes, this time we're not doing Messiah. This time we're doing Carl Jenkins' uh, Armed Man, which uh, people know and love. It's often featured on Classic FM. So we're doing the Armed Man in a day and then the performance in the evening. Marvellous. So who can go along? I mean, do you need to be an experienced chorister? You don't need to be an experienced chorister. You need to have bags of enthusiasm, patience, a willingness to go with the flow of what's happening during the day. If you can read music, if you can follow a choral score, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. But we're saying it's open to everyone who would like to come along. Who's going to be leading the day then? Well, it's Stephen Roberts. He was over on the island in April adjudicating at the Manx Music Festival this year. Um, he's um, a very experienced choral director. He conducts about sort of five or six choral societies and groups in the UK. He is also chairman of the Federation of uh, Festivals at the moment. So he's a very experienced adjudicator too. He's a sort of animateur music educator, very enthusiastic. And he's done several um, days, workshop days of doing Carl Jenkins on Man. It's kind of his favourite thing to do. So we were really lucky. Uh, I had a chance conversation in the bar with him after the last night of the Guild. All the best places. All the best Always the best places the and he was saying he'd love to come over and do something and then the, um, the, the the subcommittee on the Isle of Man Choral Society who arranged these really big Manx sings were saying they'd like to do this so uh, we, we managed to sort of tie the two together and uh, Stephen's coming over to lead the day so I think we're going to learn a lot from him and also be swept up in his sort of enthusiasm uh, for the work and his enthusiasm for singing. It's a big ask, isn't it? Sort of starting from well, it is from, from scratch. You pitch up in the morning, a manuscript in hand, or not as the case may be, and then by the end of that day, you're going to perform it. 
It's an extraordinary thing. I've done a few of these before, sometimes where I've known the work before and I've sang it before, sometimes where I've not had any knowledge. And it is extraordinary. At the start of the day, you think, well, how how is this going to happen? And somehow it does. Somehow it does. Um, it is it is a, a big undertaking, I suppose. But I think uh, the sort of sense of achievement and the sense of um, uh, camaraderie, I suppose, between everyone who's who's all in this together at sort of 10 o'clock in the morning. No one really knows what's going to happen. And then seven o'clock at night when we're doing this performance, off it off it will go. Um, you mentioned people having having their their manuscripts, their scores there. Um, we do have scores available on the day. So people mustn't worry and think, well, I, I don't have the music for this. We've got we've got scores and music for people to borrow and to use on the day. So it is a whole day starts at uh, and registration at 9.30, I think. Registration at, at 9.30. So uh, and then we're starting at 10. It sounds like it's going to be an epic day. It will be an epic day, but we've got plenty of breaks built in so people won't be too sung out or exhausted. There'll be time for socialising and eating biscuits and drinking coffee as well. So the plan is we'll do a first session at 10, then we'll have a tea, coffee break, then uh, lunch one till two, then a, a, another session with a coffee break, and then uh, we'll break for a, a dinner break at, at five and then the performance at seven. But anyone who's coming along uh, they're welcome to stay in the church if they want to bring a packed lunch or a packed tea with them. Th- that's absolutely fine. We'll we'll sort of have space. People won't have to be shut out during the breaks or, or anything like that. So the performance itself that evening at seven, where is that taking place in the in this church? Itself? Yes, Trinity Church. So it's taking place at Trinity Methodist Church and the performance will take place there. It will be a, an informal performance, a workshop performance, because we will have done it mm-hmm. uh, on the day um graham kirkland is playing the piano for us on the day so he'll be providing the main accompaniment it, it won't be with full orchestra but we have some additions so uh matt Creer is coming to play the last post that's a, a featured part of the work and then very uh, excitingly we have uh, a young cellist sam hills field who is currently in his second year at the welsh college of music and drama he's coming back uh, over to play the cello part in the the really famous Benedictus, which is the thing that's always on classic FM. So uh, we're, we're we're really excited that Sam's able to come come back. His his brother is still here and plays in the symphony orchestra, and his dad uh, plays and leads the symphony orchestra a lot of the time. So it's nice that that there's that connection. So there will be a little bit of instrumentation uh, as well as Graham doing all the, the hard work on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cracking day, a, a real challenge, something to get your teeth stuck into if you like a good sing. The performance in the evening, say nice and relaxed. Members of the public can come in. Of course, there will be an audience. Members of the public yeah. are welcome mm. to come and attend. And there's no charge to attend the performance, although there will be a, a retiring donation. Mm. For people wanting to come and sing on the day, there is a charge of £10, which is just payable on the morning. And I understand today we will also, as well as cash, we will also have a card reader. So Ooh. people can yeah, pay for the day by, by <laughs> card as well if they don't have cash with them. Um, and yes, people welcome, welcome to come and attend the performance great so people listening to this thinking yep yeah, i definitely want to uh, get involved do they just pitch up what's or do they need to sort of just, get in contact beforehand just come along uh, on saturday this saturday 26th of november at 9 30 and everything else will will be in our hands then we'll we'll sort everything else out trinity church 9 30 that's the place to be it is sounds like quite a thing doesn't it a great day singing some expert guidance and a performance all in one plenty of singing camaraderie If you've never had a go at performing a large-scale work before, now's your chance. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.
Annie Kizik, well known on the Isle of Man for all sorts of reasons, the vast bulk of them good, whether it's Manx, the Bunskull, writing music, conducting Gertin Kerjek, the list goes on. She's also a wonderful poet, with lots of themes inspired by her love of her island home and family. A collection of these has just been published under the title Mona Sings, and very good it is too. And he dropped into the Spotlight Studio, or the cupboard under the stairs as it's known, to tell us more. I have had individual poems um, appearing on various websites, across poetry sites, and and in and in print. But this is my own, this is my own collection. Um, I was fortunate enough to to um, be awarded a grant from Culture Van, um, and I'm thrilled that I've got a real, a real book in my hand. A proper book of yes, your own yeah. Words. Yeah, I mean, yes. how long have you been writing? Because you've been writing poetry for as long as I can remember. Is it something that goes back to childhood? No, not at all. I, my mum's thing was poetry. Uh, my thing was reading as many novels as I possibly could and waiting for one to arrive in my lap, which I was for most of my life. And I would occasionally write an odd poem, a silly thing or something to entertain myself. Um, but I wouldn't have said I really wrote poems as such or consciously set out to do that regularly till the last few years really um my main thing was writing music for mm, our choir course, and yeah. um when we were doing concerts some of them got quite long and it's a long time to sing if you've got three quarters of an hour non-stop so first of all i would be reading a few little poems i found from manx writers to break up the the program if you like and then a year or two into that, I thought, oh, I could sneak one or two of my own. So I sort of got going slowly then. Yeah. So what's the inspiration? Because I always think whenever I hear your poetry, it seems to me predominantly you are inspired by where we are. The, the living on the Isle of Man, the Isle of Man environs, its beautiful countryside, the sea, the weather, the culture. Is that the main thread for most of your inspiration? Yes, it probably is. I mean, I have lived here most of my life, apart from being away for um, further education. Yes, it is. Um, I'm interested in not just the stories I come across myself, but other people's stories, you know, the the old folk stories, what somebody what said that somebody said that somebody said, things my mum used to say about mm. her upbringing. Um, those things feel very real and vivid to me. Um, I'm not the. I don't just write about the Isle of Man, but um, in this collection, I've, I've consciously gone for poems which I think reflect that that Manx connection. And I was uh, thinking that because yeah. I was wondering whether you you did. So you, you do you take inspiration from other things then? Because I was just thinking the ones I've I can think of yours are always very much associated with the Isle of Man. What what else is something that you feel inclined to put into verse? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, very random things sometimes. Um, I mean, you've got to write from what you what you are. Mm. Otherwise, it's never going to be convincing, is it? So my mind is full of very strange thoughts, oh, especially too. at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, I've had odd. I've written odd odd things about strange flowers and weird things. Not necessarily. Um, of dreams, even all sorts of things. Whether they, I wouldn't say they regularly run down any particular, um, any particular alley, if you like. Um, yeah, and it depends what the purpose of the poem is for. Who's your audience? I set out as a as a raw amateur how to put a book together, of course, and I looked up a few things, and many people suggested you got all your 
poems or your candidate poems, uh, outspread them on the floor on pieces of A4. So I had the, the back room carpeted with hundreds of poems. <laughs> there was no space to walk. And then I started turning over the ones I thought, I'm not absolutely don't really 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 like that or ones which seemed a bit like um others and then remove the cats from sitting on some of the other ones um and gradually i I could sort of see the ones that were, were were still there and i thought well how do i group these now because i felt there was going to be a fairly fairly long book for a poetry collection for a first one i felt i should have some kind of thematic connection but you don't want identical sort of poems next to each other so gradually um, more turning over of pieces of paper and I I realised that they did have very much um, seasons in mind if not in a very obvious way but in the background uh, through most of the poems I I could see where I was on the Isle of Man I could see the weather and I I, I could feel what season we were in so it sort of ended up like that, yes. And so you're well known, as mentioned, of course, in the notes here, for, for, for your love of the Manx language itself. You're a fluent Manx speaker. You've Kajin Kujik, again, Manx choir, well known round the Isle of Man. When it comes to your poetry, do you, do you ever think of poems in Manx first and then translate them back? Or yes, I did for I did for this um, for for this book. I was very conscious of. Um, very conscious of this and it's difficult because you know I'm used to writing actual sort of writing in English I'm happy chatting away in Manx quite fluently but in terms of writing and then being aware how there are not that many um, examples in Manx if you like of poems in in Manx Um, how do certain things work if I write them like this will they be understood like this Um, sounds a bit obscure so I try to make sure the ones that uh, that I've included a few in this book um, and I've put what I hope are a sort of vaguely poetic translation opposite them in English so um, and what I can't tell you of course is if in the Manx, you know, there are internal rhymes and this sort of thing going on. You can't actually necessarily see that in the mm. English. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a bit of an, an experiment and I feel I've got quite a way to go in that. But I did consciously, you know, think of, go into Manx thinking mode mm. and um, does produce different sorts of poems, I think, but a uh, lot more to do in that way, I think. I write an awful lot now and especially since well actually since becoming the the fifth manx bar this was 2018 and i realized i was going to have to write a lot more than i had previously and i would need to get into the habit of it um so for that first year i thought i was doing quite well if i wrote two poems a month well now i'm very stressed if i don't write at least two poems a week sometimes more so I do consciously try and write every day, but it can be very different times. Or sometimes just I go on walks a lot around where I am. I always have a notebook. I always jot down something, try and notice something. And sometimes I go back and write a poem from it. And other times it just sits there. Um, and I go and look at it six months later and it might or might not go somewhere. Okay, uh, that's lovely. We can't let you go without 
hearing perhaps a, a poem, you, you can can you choose a favourite or at least choose okay. one? Okay. Well, this this is my sister's favourite. I should add that my sister has oh, made the done illustrations the for this. Yes. Um, yeah, she's done some black and white illustrations, uh, Jenny, and also the the cover um, is, is 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 rather good. So nice um, this is Jenny's favourite poem, and it's a poem about my great grandmother, who I never knew, of course, but she lived in Oncombe Village, and these this and um, my mother was brought up in the house with her grandparents as well as her parents. Um, So this is really my mother's poem, I suppose. And I've called it Old Bones. Not so much a grandmother as a great-grandmother. But what's a hundred years? A great-grandmother then, and not the soft or squidgy kind. I don't think she'd leave a sweet taste in the mouth, but salt like blood. My mother's word on that. What I know... She gathered bitter herbs, plucked pennywort for ailing eyes and dealt with births. She bore a child herself, married the hefty man who dug the graves and intoned dust to dust to keep himself in line. It failed. When all went home, she cleaned the school, her fingers trailing down the worn piano keys. The devil watched, alert curious, testing for evidence of slackness, fun, but she did not succumb. No straight as a stick of rock she was, no bending here, not for her daughter, ma, this one I'd like you to meet, or for her daughter's sailor man with his fancy English ways. Oh yes, the very sort of one who'd hum that nonsense Sullivan but couldn't pay the rent. Too many in the house. The world was wrong, and so she took to speaking Manx again, because she could, because she was a hard woman, set in her ways and cussed as they come, and though the century spat out fire and brimstone all around, she held her ground. She the Rauhook. I can tell you, the book looks wonderful. Great thing to dip in and out of. If you want a copy, they are available in the Bridge Bookshops in Ramsey and Port Erin. The lovely sound of Russian silver band with a festive favourite. Whilst it might still seem early, I probably don't have to remind you that a week tomorrow, this doesn't hold true if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, is the 1st of December, and the band will be kicking off their hectic Christmas programme with a concert at the Erin Arts Centre this Saturday, the 26th. I suggested to band chair Chris Weldon, the band must be out pretty much every day in the run-up to Christmas. Pretty much. Um, now, we're a fairly big band, so we, we split it out. Not everybody does everything, but it's uh, it's a real commitment and it's a chance for the band to get out and, and support the local community uh, and you know, Christmas is associated with brass bands playing Christmas carols on the streets. It is, and it's not just all carols, of course. It's some of the sort of family favourites and sort of pop favourites and a real mix of music. Absolutely. We've got our first concert on Saturday night, and that will be a mixture of some um, some carols that everybody knows. We're doing Oh Come All You Faithful and things like that. But we've also got uh, versions of uh, All I Want For Christmas Is You. We're doing The Twelve Days Of Christmas. So some, some real family favourites, as you say.
And a new thing looking at this Christmas carol train on the 17th. Is this this what it says? You're actually playing on the train or either end of the train? Or Yeah, what we're going to do, we've, uh, we're working with the Isle of Man transport team and we're, we've hired the train and we're going to run it out of Port Erin. We'll play some, some Christmas music on the platform as people get on. We're going to stop at Port St Mary, Colby and then Castletown. We'll get everybody off. We'll sing some carols. And then back to Port Erin for some refreshments on the station platform and some more music. It's sounding good. And this is a new thing. You've not done this one before. We've not done this one before. Part of the idea is we try and do something different every year. Uh, my background is, uh, as a child, was in Yorkshire, and I've seen it done on other railways and, and things like that. But So we brought it to the Isle of Man. We're going to give it a go, and hopefully we'll get a great turnout. Yeah, sounds good to me. I know the trains are super popular, and you get the, yeah, get the right weather. That will be a, a storming thing to do. Also involved, of course, with lots of other organisations. It's not just your own concerts. You're working with other things like the commissioners and the traders and the golf club as well. Yeah, it's it's... We like to start off with our own concert, um, gets Christmas going, but then we're, we're out and about all the time. So Port Erin, Port St Mary Commissioners, various services, the local churches, the RNLI, the, the Women's Institute, we're, we're out there trying to support where we can, whether they're making, raising money for themselves or, or just to, to do events to perform in the community. And Balafess and Brass looking down the list here as well. So this is, I, I must admit, I hadn't heard of them before. So this is the development band, this is the young leader band which feeds into Russian Silver. It is indeed. And it's not just children. We have some adults learning as well. So I'm, I'm sort of careful not to call it the junior band. because. Uh, but we have about 31 people learning with the band at the moment. Uh, the concert on Friday night, which is our first concert, is a mixture of the player, the, the people learning themselves and the tutors that are tutoring them. And we're going to do an hour at the Erin Arts Centre on Friday night at six o'clock. Uh, it's been moved a little bit early because we don't want to clash with the football this year. <laughs> no, you don't want to be doing that. Um, is it still popular brass band or silver band playing? Because it, it always seems to have an enduring popularity among the generations. In some places, it seems to be struggling a bit. In the UK, COVID's been a real knock for some bands. On the island, we don't seem to have had quite the same problems. And I think it's because we're embedded in the community so much. Um, so we, we were a little bit quiet over COVID um, and we didn't get players through to the main band quite as quickly as we wanted. But we've got a waiting list. So we've got 31 players learning at the moment. And I think all the other bands on the island are, are, are you know, have tutoring programs and are teaching people and bringing them through. There seems to be a de- desire to be part of a musical group, part of a community. And it is great. It is a community thing. I think that's one of the things I always think with brass and silver bands. There always seems a real strong community spirit about it and a wonderful grounding for, for other musics as well. I, I think so. It's a way of taking people, uh, young people particularly, um, making them part of a team, part of a different generations, doing different things they won't have done before. You know, over the years we've recorded CDs, we've done big concerts at the Villa Marina, we take part in the Max Music Festival every year. It's, it's giving people a chance to do something d- different and, and perform as part of a group and then christmas morning itself you're out 11 in the morning oh it's a lovely event uh, a few years ago, a number of years ago now we, we were asked to go along they used to have a pianist who went along to southland's um residential home and play some christmas carols and unfortunately the pianist had died and somebody said to the band you wouldn't come along would you and the first year i think four or five of us went along uh, and it's just become a real event that people enjoy doing we've probably got 15 16 people going this year um get christmas dinner on go out to do Southlands, play play for, for the residents there, a lovely sort of festive family thing, and then go home and, and lunch with the family. It's yeah. purely a voluntary thing. There's no pressure to turn out on Christmas morning. Uh, and actually, we have more players than we probably need every year. Wow. Um, so it's it's. I think people really enjoy going out and doing it and, 
and and you know giving a a good morning to to those people at Southlands who might not necessarily have family with them and things like that. If people want to find out more, uh, maybe about what's going on in the programme, maybe they might be interested in getting involved with uh, Russian Silver. Any any sort of Facebook group or anywhere they can go for more details? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Russian Silver Band is on Facebook. Uh, we're just starting an Instagram account as well, so you might find us on there, oh. if not now, in the next couple That's of days. Yeah. Um, the contact details are on there. Um, please get in touch with us. We've got a rep- website, russiansilverband.org.im. Uh, or the Facebook page. Um, tickets are still available for our concert at the Erin Arts Centre this week. There's only a few left, so you'll have to be quick on that. And there's, uh, we're just about to launch tickets for the Carol Train, so, so please get in touch. Sounds good, doesn't it? Always lovely to hear the bands out and about over the festive period. That's about it for this week. If you want to hear anything again, of course, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast and listen where you want. Why not try it whilst balancing on one leg in tree pose. Give it a whiz. We'll be back next week when we'll be talking to the daughter of Watership Down author Richard Adams as the novel celebrates its 50th year. Until then, mind how you go, stay creative. Cheerio. Cheerio.